For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Spygate 2.0, a skeptic's guide to the latest Patriot scandal. That's the headline uh, to an article by Stephen Ruiz, who is a writer for the company For the Win, which is part of USA Today Sports. The first sentence of his article, this is from a December 10th, 2019 article. First sentence, the Patriots are once again being accused in a possible cheating scandal. And then later down, the, this latest Patriot scandal is awfully similar to the first one. A videographer employed by the team was seen taping the Bengals sideline during their game against the Browns on Sunday. A Cincinnati employee alerted NFL security, and the tapes were handed over for review. The league's investigation of the situation is ongoing. So, oh boy. Patriots, once again, caught cheating. It would seem like it. Now the Patriots do have an explanation. They said that they were doing a show for Craft Productions. And basically it was an independent contractor. They didn't know rules. They, it was an unintended oversight. Blah, 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 blah. But needless to say, man, you're skeptical. Yeah. This is probably just another Bill Belichick-led Patriots cheating, trying to get the little extra edge to get the win. Right? Well, that's what I thought. I've been thinking for quite a while. I always just thought of Patriots... It's a very good team, very successful team. I've always admired how good they've been, but I never really liked them because I always thought of them as cheaters because of the Spygate in 2007 and then the Deflategate in 2015. It's confirmed that, yeah, they'll go to any lengths to try to win and bend the rules because, go or go behind the rules in order to win. I can never figure out why. Because, man, they're just such a good organization. They have such... They're... Like, they don't need any of that extra stuff to win. They're just good enough on their own. But that makes them cheaters. Anyway, that was my thinking. Then I started thinking about it recently. I was like, you know, I better, before we judge the Patriots here, I better look back at Spygate and Deflategate. And then, to make sure that... Yeah, actually, I'm judging the Patriots correctly. And that they really are cheaters. And then this whole Spygate 2.0 thing came out, where they were videotaping the Bengals' sideline during... Which, was, which by the way, was their upcoming opponent. Uh, the Bengals were playing the Browns, and the Patriots uh, 
were there and they were videotaping the Bengals sideline. By the way, it was not they were apparently not part of football operations, the video crew. But the Bengals were. The next opponent was the New England Patriots. So obviously I felt this was a good time to go in and investigate what really happened. You know, I knew pretty well. Uh, Father John Block, a Catholic priest, he was a big, huge football fan, huge Green Bay Packers fan. He, was, he always used to joke around during the offseason. Yeah, I'm so frustrated by the lack of football that I've set, decided to take up the study of theology. And he, he, he would give us picks, his pick for that week. He would talk, compile like these stats, and like he, would, he had a group of friends that he would email these this stuff to, this football stuff. And he was huge, huge Packers fan, really into football. And like, who, oh, who do you think they're gonna at the end of training camp? Who? Oh. Who do you think that the Packers are gonna cut? Is it are they gonna keep seven wide receivers or six and go with, and go with the run, the running back? So yeah, he was really into football, and he was always like, "Yeah, the Patriots—they're just that class organization." He mind knowing the Patriots to no end, even though you know he was a Packers fan. He was like, "I was always thinking to myself, uh, yeah, I, I admire." The, their success and how, just how good they are year after year, but heck, they also cheat like in these ways. And that's, you can't condone cheating, right? So that's what I was always thinking. But then, lately, as I said before, like, yeah, I better, before I label the Patriots cheaters, I better look back. And so, I came across this Bleach Report article from 2009 by Scott Schieffer. I probably uh, butchered that name right there. Capital S-H-E-A-F-F-E-R. And it was a June 14th article from 2009 by this guy, Scott Schieffer, writing for Bleach Report. And he took a very interesting view, and it seemed to me a very reasonable one. Anyway, he talked about... Now, the Spygate thing happened in 2007. That's when it broke. That was it was the very first game of the season. It was against the New England Patriots. Eric Mangini, who had been a defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, the defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, in 2005, in a playoff game in 2006, the Patriots... Came the security stopped Jets people from videoing, and the Patriots Eric Mangini said that it was just game footage. It was it was just from the side. It was just he wanted different angles. Rushed off as nothing after the game. After the England Patriots prevented the Jets from taking footage that it was not normal footage, and that's exactly his excuse. Eric Mangini's excuse was exactly what Matt Walsh, who was a Patriot employee involved with videoing the coaches' signs, this 
the Spygate during those years. The Patriots employed that said, said, hey, that was a standard excuse. And earlier in the 2006 season, the same thing happened at Lambeau Field with the uh, Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots. At this time, the Green Bay Packers made the New England Patriots stop taking extra footage that teams normally did not make. Now, neither of these situations, neither the Patriots did not make a big deal about it. They just made them stop, made the Jets stop. Packers just made them stop. Patriots stopped filming. Didn't turn it. They didn't like turn over footage to the NFL or anything. But that's what happened in the first game of the 2007 season when the Jets were playing the Patriots. They stopped Patriots employees from filming. Uh, they then confiscated the film and turned it over to the NFL. And that's what set off the whole big spy eight scandal. And the media. It was like, oh, this is. They can't be filming. Head, head coaches' signals. This is horrible. It violates the integrity of the game. Uh, Roger Goodell issued find Bill Belichick $500,000 which was the maximum that he could They he docked him a first round pick if they made the playoffs that year if they, did, if they didn't they would forfeit at 2000 a, a second and third rounder if they didn't make the playoffs which was a little interesting punishment right there I think they also find the Patriots like 250000 250000 or something so Everyone, ooh boy, the Patriots, cheetahs, right? Because in the September on September six, two thousand six, Ray Anderson, the NFL head of game operations, sent a memo to all the teams. Anderson's memo read: Videotaping of any type, including but not limited to taping of an opponent's offensive or defensive signals, is prohibited on the sidelines, in the coach's booth, in the locker room, or at any other locations accessible to club staff members during the game. Oh, right, that's pretty clear. Patriots must have been cheating, right? Uh, I don't know about that one because Ray Anderson. That wasn't the rules. Ray Anderson misquoted the rules, and obviously he cannot just change the rules on his own. They have to be proposed and voted on by all the teams. So the rules that he misquoted came from the manual, the league's policy manual for member guides, a volume two, game operations, two thousand seven season. It read, in part, Section A of the Miscellaneous Rules and Regulations, No video recording devices of any kind are permitted to be in use in the coach's booth, on the field, or in the locker room, during the game. Oh boy, that sounds pretty clear too, huh? But then, they also, in another section, they have like two pages about how people, you know, detailing guidelines for people, for teams, for videotaping the games and then you know, exchanging tapes and you have to do this, 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 and this. So how do they reconcile that? Basically, 
the NFL is, the NFL is saying you can't use the film during the game, and the film can only be used between games. Another part in the miscellaneous rules and regulations read: no reading, no video recording devices of any kind are permitted to be in use in the coach's booth, on the field, or in the locker room during the game. Another part, Section D, to ensure the protection of equipment and employees of the team's video departments, please follow the guidelines listed for the video shooting booths at your stadium. All video shooting, and then the guy, then one of the guidelines, all video shooting locations must be enclosed on all sides with the roof overhead. So those were the rules that were quoted against the New England Patriots. But wait a second. Those rules never prohibited filming coaches. The sections used against the Patriots were only concerned camera locations. And they were, as far as we know, they were not, they were never using them during the game. They were using them between the games, so that wasn't a problem. So Anderson's memo unnecessarily added emphasis to this videotaping of coaches' uh, signals. And let's we all let's all remember here that it wasn't like the Patriots were like the first team ever to have coaching signs or to be taping coaches' signals. Uh, Jimmy Johnson did it. Marty Schottenheimer did it. Other teams d did it. I mean, there was. Apparently, one one Herm Edwards apparently waved at the Patriots uh, videographers <laughs> that were recording him because he was from a team, the Kansas City Mar Marty Schottenheimer's team. He was an assistant from Marty Schottenheimer, so he knew all about it. Now, of course, not all, all the other teams knew about it, knew about it. So that's probably you know, New England Patriots were probably like, "Hey, let's keep the teams that." Are in the, the teams are in the know, then that's fine. But if teams are not in the know, let's just not keep it. Let's not publicize it super loud. But of course, they also were not being like super discreet either. They were just filming the coaches' signals from the sidelines. So basically, we're what we're talking about here. It was. It's not. Can the Patriots film coach uh, coaches signals legally or illegally or not? Because there was no rules that they saying that they couldn't, and it had been kind of teams have been doing that before the Patriots. Inclu again, as I said, including Marty Schottenheimer and uh, Jimmy Johnson. The question was, they were on the field. 
And so that was the problem because it says no video recording devices of any kind are permitted to be in use in the coach's booth on the field or in the locker room during the game. So basically, what we t so as I said, it was the field. That's because they were taping on the sideline. That's what the big hoopla was about. But the field right there is also in question. What is because what is the field? Because the, the NFL rules seem to define the field as not including the sidelines. So out of bounds isn't on the field in other areas. In other areas of the rules. So, is this really? Did the Patriots really break the rules here? It didn't seem, doesn't seem to be so in Spygate. 1.0, I guess we now have to call it, because now we have Spygate 2.0. They did not, they were videotaping coaches' signals. Uh, you're allowed to you're you are allowed to videotape other people. You're just not allowed to use it during the game. This, this, that left you have to be on the field, or you cannot be on the field, according to the rules. But the rules seem to state that the field does not include the sidelines. So basically, that was Bill Belichick's, uh, what do we call it, defense, that he thought it was, as long as you didn't use the tape between, or sorry, during games, then that would be okay. But heck, the media portrayed it as, oh yes, it's, it's illegal to videotape opposing hand posing signals from head coaches. That's what the apparently that's what the Roger Goodell thought. So he imposed a fine on the Patri on the Patriots, loss of a first round draft pick. But yes, I would definitely recommend reading this article by Scott Schieffer from Bleacher Report. It definitely opened my, my eyes because it wasn't even, first of all, it wasn't the whole thing that it's illegal to oppose to film opposing coaches' signals. That's what, which is what the media was talking about. That's all wrong. It was basically a camera location technicality. And that's no re really no reason to label the Patriots cheaters. I mean, Eric Mangini even said after the whole thing was over. And he he said that he regretted it. And that he there's no way that for him it would take the Patriots title and he didn't want it to be like this. He said, never in a million years did I expect it to play out like this. This is one of those situations where he didn't want them to do significant advantage, but I wasn't going to give them the means of doing it in our stadium, and we wanted to shut it down.
they have to have the landslide that has become. Yeah, so spike the whole Spygate one thing was way overblown. Maybe they should have, you know, as Bill Politic said, hey, we should have gone to the NFL when we decided to when they sent out that memo by Ray Anderson. But again, the memo was wrong and hey, they should they have to be more careful. But that's hardly grounds for calling them uh, cheaters. So that takes care of the Spygate 1.0. As far as the Deflategate 2.0, sorry, as far as the Deflategate in the 2015 AFC Championship game, I would also recommend reading the the so-called Deflategate report. It's actually entitled The Investigative Report Concerning Footballs Used During the AFC Championship Game on January 18th, 2015. Anyway, so it was this outside investigating company. It was hired by the NFL after the AFC Championship Game to investigate what happened with the the Flakegate, as it is commonly known. Patriot, the During the AFC Championship Game, the Patriots... A Patriots ball getting accepted by the Colts. It felt soft. That led to a. They tested the ball. It was below. It was well below uh, the air pressure requirements. It has to be between 12.5 and 13.5 psi for uh, legally. So that intercepted ball was way below those standards. The Then at halftime they tested all the Patriots balls, all 11 that were remaining, cause, and all of them were below the requirements. It was below 12.5 PSI. Anyway, so it caused a big uproar. NFL hires a outside firm to investigate what the heck happened. And so they came to the conclusion, by the way, this report, I would definitely recommend that people read because, it can, number one, it's a 243-page report. And so that's going to scare people. So that's That'll scare me people off. Actually, it scared me off originally, but heck, it's big print, and uh, like at there like a, what 140 pages. A lot of that is an appendix. It's only really about 140 pages long. A lot of it, a lot of those 243 pages, just an appendix by exponent, written by exponent, which was hired by the investigating committee that the NFL hired. To it was based basically a scientific uh, inquiry into how was there any scientific explanation to the Patriots def, uh, you deflated footballs. So now I didn't read that, but the report by the I at least I the report by the investigating committee about what happened, steps that they took to investigate. I found it. Very interesting. It was also seen to be very thorough. 
I particularly liked how they used the non-logo, they kept referring to the non-logo and logo got gauges. Referring to the pressure gauges that were used to measure the footballs. I particularly like that. I particularly like those. And how they talked about, we are not sure which referee or which person used the non-logo gauge or and which person used the logo gauge. And when Walt Anderson, the head referee, was using the was measuring the football, or was measuring the how much air was in the footballs. Initially, before the game, was he using the non-logo gauge or the logo gauge? We are not sure. We suspect it might be the non-logo gauge, or we suspect it might be this gauge for these reasons. But we are not sure. It was very thorough, and some of some of the, of course, because it was thorough, some. You have to be warned that some of the language is they quoted tweets and some of the language is not so hot. But it's very thorough. It was written very well. I thought it was very interesting. So if you if you want to look into more of the stuff, I would definitely recommend reading it. Uh, I found it was I thought they did a very good job. Basically they came up with the conclusion that the 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 equipment the, or the person who prepares the footballs for Tom Brady and the basically the locker room attendant they most likely de deflated the footballs they went into how Walt Anderson the head referee could not find the footballs before the game which had never happened before in his 19 year career and how every, everybody, except for maybe a couple Patriots security guys, and the Patriots locker room attendant said, was, they were all saying that the Patriots locker room attendant was carrying out, could carry out the footballs normally to the field, and he did. But it was always with somebody else. The, and it was never without permission from the referees. Well, this game, he did carry out the balls without permission from the referees. He also went into a bathroom for a minute and 40 seconds, which was more than enough time to deflate the, like 13 footballs that he was carrying. And then he came out. So it was, it was obviously a very weird, something very strange happening with the footballs. And then they, at halftime, they discovered that they were all deflated significantly. They also hired Exponent, which was a scientific, to research if it was scientifically, without human intervention, was it possible to, for the footballs to be deflated, you just normal normal usage, stuff like that. They came back yeah, with the weather and with all the stuff that happened to the footballs, there's pretty much no way that it would be other than with human intervention. It's very un it's unlikely. So they came the investigative report came back. Basically we find it more likely than not that the 
officials, locker room attendants, and the person who prepares the footballs, the Patriots game balls, knew about it, and that's what they did. They let out the air. They also found out, well, actually not that Tom Brady knew about it. But they also said that we don't think that Bill Pelcheck or any of the other Patriots knew about it. This, you know, the whole deflating football scheme idea. Which is what we're talking about here, because the Patriots and Tom, the Patriots, the Tom Brady is not the Patriots. So we're talking about are the Patriots as an organization just a cheating organization? And yes, you can say it was fairly likely that Tom Brady is a cheater. But again, one person does not make the whole team. Just because this one dude on a team is caught using PEDs, which by the way I think is a lot more important than deflating the footballs. Does that make... <sighs> because this guy in the Cincinnati Bengals... Hey, get this pendant for four games. Throw out the Cincinnati Bengals. Just should be labeled as cheaters. As soon as suspicion comes up, if they if they are found guilty definitively, come down on them real hard, right? Uh, one team, one person, a team does not make. And as far as the whole cheating scandal, I mean, cheating is cheating, but deflating footballs is probably on the lower end. But there's no reason to believe, I'm just saying, there's no reason to believe that Bill Belichick and the rest of the Patriots knew about this stuff. About this deflating scandal that was going on with the balls. Now, it is true that the Patriots kind of did obstruct the investigative scandal. Of course, Tom Brady uh, refused to hand over phone calls. Not all the phone calls, just phone calls. You know, or not phone calls, uh, stuff that were relevant to the investigation, like text messages that were relevant to the investigation and to the balls. They, the Patriots kind of obstructed it. They did not make available to the investigative team the person, the the official's locker room attendant for a second investi- for a second interview after more questions had come up. So it was very true that, you know, they did not fully cooperate with the investigation. Again, that's hardly time. That's hardly enough to label them cheaters. So both the whole Spygate thing in 2007 and the Deflategate thing in 2015, it's all... I think it's just basically scrutiny because they've been successful. Which brings us to the Spygate quote, Spygate 2.0. And because the Patriots really didn't do much, really didn't do anything wrong in the first place in 2007, and if they did, it was just some sort of technicality with where the cam- where their cameras were placed. This whole thing of 
The Patriots are once again being accused in a possible cheating scandal. <laughs> it's kind of ludicrous. And there's no reason why we shouldn't accept their explanation that, heck, it's just a mix-up. It's kind of, we should, we need to make sure that the independent contracting video people know the rules. You get permission from all sources. You know, it's all work to rectify this. I don't see why we shouldn't believe what they say. As to talk about how it's because it's the Patriots. This sounds awfully similar to the Spygate in 2007. And I just think the Patriots are just a really good organization that have been vilified by the media and the fans because they've just been so good. By the way, if you, I have not like done like super extensive uh, research into this. I mean, again, I also I, one of the articles I read was a Wikipedia article, which. Everybody, you know, sneer at that, huh? It's Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. But, I, hey, I would recommend reading If you want to read more about this, I would recommend looking up in Wikipedia Spygate. It was a very long article. Everything was consistent with what I read elsewhere. They get, they give all their sources. So it's a great, it would be a great place to also uh, go back and... You uh, find links to other articles about it. You can also, I would also really, re again, I really recommend looking at the AFC Championship investigative report. I found that very interesting reading. I will admit I'm kind of a little weird, but <laughs> yeah, I thought it was very good reading about that. It was, and whatever you do, don't judge the Patriots by whatever the heck the media's the media's portraying them as. The best what I like the best about the New England page uh this whole thing is in two thousand fifteen well one of the things I like best about it I'm being sarcastic right there is in two thousand fifteen ESPN came out with a report that the reason why Roger Goodell and the NFL was hiring this, going into this whole the flaky thing, and hiring, going all this hoopla, and hiring an outside investigative firm, was because the Spygate scandal was covered up by Goodell and the National Football League in order to protect the image of the NFL as a favor to new the Patriots and Robert Kraft, who was in part responsible for Goodell's promotion to commissioner. And the Patriots did a lot more cheating by videotaping from 2000 to 2007. 40, over 40 games opposing teams' signals. So, ooh, Roger Goodell was just covering up in that spiky stuff. Punishment was not enough. 
Well, then you have the Bleacher Report article. It was like, yeah, Goodell. It was just an underhanded way to promote parity in the league and punish the Patriots when they were so good that they were just going to blow the rest of the league out of the water. And they, the Patriots didn't really deserve it, but it was just an underhanded way by Roger Goodell to promote parity. And and it was just a they stripped the first rounder. That was just horrible. You can't go into Roger Goodell's motives. You can say what Roger Goodell did was wrong, or what Roger Goodell did was not enough, or Roger Goodell did was way too harsh because the Patriots didn't do anything wrong. But you can't go and, like, Roger Goodell did it because of this. Nobody knows his motives. That's what I like about the media. It was like, two conflicting reports. The 2015 ESPN report was like, yeah, Goodell just did it to cover. It was just covering up for the Patriots. And the Bleacher Report article in 2009 that I also referenced by Scott Schieffer. Yeah, the Patriots were just manhandled by the league. Way too harsh of a punishment when they didn't deserve any punishment at all. Just because Roger Goodell wants to promote parity. Do not trust the media. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.